our first ever live audience show, and the host specifically told me to tell everyone here that they should be drunk the entire night. So if you haven't ordered yet, get ready, and uh, this is Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. Give it up for Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We need some more energy than that, man. Give it up for Jason Lee and myself, DJ Damage. What up? Yeah. Yo, okay, so listen. Um, I was in Vegas this weekend watching that um, fight. Did y'all watch the fight? Y'all saw Adrian Broner win, right? <laughs> right, exactly. But anyway, uh, this whole weekend, I was really nervous because you know, in this game, there are very few unicorns. And when I think of a unicorn, I think of my sister playing with these little badass toys as a kid, but they were her special toy. And Tiffany being the last black unicorn, somebody really special to me. Is she special to you? I couldn't even enjoy Vegas because I was so damn nervous. I was like, is people gonna come? Are people gonna be, you know, it's Dr. Martin Luther King Day. We might be out marching. So I was excited. I was excited to see that everybody came, so give yourselves a round of applause because you're an important part of today's show. So for those of you that have never seen our show, I'm Jason Lee, I'm the one without the abs, and this is DJ Damage, he's the one with the abs. So we're not gonna spend a lot of time, are you nervous? Nah, man, I'm having a good time. First of all, who came in here with their boyfriend or their girlfriend? That's okay, there's enough other people to fuck, you'll be fine. Hello. Right. So listen, I actually wrote notes. Usually when I interview people, I wanna give a special shout out to Abby Lee Miller here from Dance Moms. I love you, Abby. And the legendary Carl Kanai in the building. Give it up, that's a black icon in the fashion industry. Y'all better show respect. All right, so we do a lot of cussing, we talk, we, there's nothing off the limits. I asked Tiffany, was there anything I couldn't ask her? She said, ask whatever you want. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm really excited to spend tonight with Tiffany, so I'm going to get her intro as correct as I can, and she'll check me if I don't. <laughs> Y'all know she will. All right, please welcome Emmy Award winning actress. First black female to host Saturday Night Live. Major. New York best-selling author. She's also a champion of the stand-up comedy arena. You know, she, she started here at the Laugh Factory, and she has a Netflix special and her own stand-up tour coming in 2019. Give it up for that. For those of you that are black or dating somebody black, you know what Seasoning Salt is. She's the first person to be on Lowry Seasoning Salt. And she's the singular reason I went to go see Girls Trip four times. Give it up for Tiffany Haddish. Give it up, 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 give it up. Give it up. You look so damn good tonight. Thank you, I took a bath. 
<laughs> so I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. Really? I just saw you the other day. <laughs> so, <laughs> listen, Tiffany was coming for my job in Vegas. She became a reporter. Uh, what, what outlet were you in? Oh, um, I was, um, Tiffany Haddish from South Central News. She ready. Mm. So, Tiffany Haddish, South Central News. She ready. Question for you, A.B. <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> so, after the fight, Tiffany says, we got to go to the press room. I'm like, well, I ain't got no questions. She was like, I got questions. So, we go to the press room. She sits directly in the front next to C uh, ESPN, and she says, I got questions for Adrian. And I, I couldn't, you know how you get somewhere and you look for the exit because you know your friend about to act out? <laughs> so how was that experience? That was a good experience. I mean, it was fun. I really, I wanted to ask him more inappropriate questions, but I could tell that he wasn't mentally stable and that... <laughs> That it probably wouldn't have been smart to ask him the questions I wanted to ask. Like, I wanted to ask him, uh, when Pacquiao hit you upside the head, did you pee on yourself just a little bit? Because when my mama used to hit me like that, I used to pee every time. I <laughs> but I know he would have got mad. He would have got mad. So, he would have tried to hit me in real life, and then we would have had to have mental did you, battle. Did you see her on social media asking those questions? Yeah, no, no. I seen her on your story, and I got real nervous. Cause I'm like, what is she going to ask, A.B.? You know he acted a fool. <laughs> So you, you said, because um, he thought he won the fight. He did think he won. I was like, where was he fighting at? Who? <laughs> was that like a, a battle that he had just in his mind? He had Fight Club popping off in his head. That's <laughs> Wait, but growing up, you had some imaginary friends. Like, you had a big imagination, right? Yeah, I had a lot of imaginary friends, two, two in particular. And um, that was Carbolita. <laughs> Carbolita and Cracker, those were my friends. So when you be hanging out with people and, and you want to talk to Cracker, because it's, well, ain't no Cracker in here, but. But crack, cracker, was a, cracker was a parrot, uh, oh. imaginary parrot, and I would be like, Cracker, <laughs> Cracker want a poly, and I would break up Crackers on my shoulder. <laughs> like, it was my way of making friends. People be like, what you just saying? I'd be like taking tests in class and stuff. I'd be like, what's the answer number seven? Cracking, they'd be like, oh, the kids would be laughing. The teacher would be like, you're racist. Go to the dean's office. I'm like, I'm talking to my friend. <laughs> Everybody needs a cracker in their life. <laughs> Crackers are delicious. <laughs> All right, so look, um, I had lunch one time with Sergi Baca, and I said, you know, tell me about you. You're from the Congo, and he said, go watch my documentary. So I said, okay, nigga, that was, that was kind of rude, but when I was... <laughs> I would never do it's you like that. It's a great documentary, Son of the Congo. <laughs> go watch it. But listen, I was preparing for today because I was so nervous, and I and and I called Damage. I said we got to get this book because I just the last black unicorn. She looks so pretty. Her hair is done. Like Thank we got to read this book. I was going, you know, I was trying to get them to put a horn on my forehead, but it looked too much like a dick coming out, and I was like, <laughs> I don't think that's gonna make the bestseller list with a dick coming out my head. So we just gonna use the metaphor and dress as so but put a ponytail on that ass you know so okay so before we get that's all how the cover came about you didn't ask that question but i thought you should know well i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad you didn't have a dick on your head me too so you know that's not cool in public no <laughs> wait only in private <laughs> only in private and if the light bill is paid and the gas bill is paid and the mortgage is paid and the car note is paid and my refrigerator full, then it's okay to have a dick on my head. <laughs> so, speaking of um, dicks on your head, I have to tell y'all a funny story. I've actually <laughs> seen a dick on her head. Ah, shut up! Oh yeah, you have! 
Okay, but all the bills was paid. <laughs> and that was live entertainment. <laughs> so we're just going to move right along. That was a yeah, good night. Yeah, we can talk about it. Oh, but that's okay. my favorite place on earth. So I'm in Atlanta filming Wildin' Out. And uh, and I was there filming uh, Limited Partners with Rose Byrne. And so <laughs> Nene Leaks, we're at dinner. She says, do you, do you want to go to Swing and Richards? It's a gay strip club. And I'm like, you know, I'm always with the gay shit, so let's roll. <laughs> and so I said... Oh, I'm gay, for those of you that don't know, I'm gay. And if a nigga's in a room cute and single, holler at me after the show. Gay guy. Gay guy. <laughs> so, I said, so I said, I said, well, Nene, I don't know if we go, you know, we got to take Tiffany because it's just, I mean, she, this right here literally is energy in a bottle. There's nobody that I know in my phone, and I got like 16,000 numbers that add up to the amount of fun that you have with this one right here. So I have a good time. So I text Tiffany. I said, hey, Nene wants to roll the swing and Richards. Do you want to roll? She said, bitch, I'm already here. (laughs) (laughs) In the building. You know, when I walk in there, as soon as I walk in, the DJ recognizes me immediately. Right as I cross the threshold, he'll be like, Tiffany Haddish in the building. And then all the dudes come running out all oiled up and shit. I'll be like, okay, la, 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 la. What are we working with today? Is it cold in here? What are we doing? And, and so I thought, you know, big movie star. I mean, like, this is, this is a huge movie star. She's definitely in the VIP with security and a red rope. You know, she's not. No. <laughs> no. She's on stage with a dick across her forehead. I wasn't on stage. No, not on stage. I wasn't allowed to be on stage. What had happened was I went to go get some more ones, and when I walked by, that one, his name Mustang. I've been calling him Shaka Zulu for a year, but his name Mustang. And it's like, it's bad. Like, whoa, he got a Mustang thing. And I walked by. And I thought he punched me with his fist in the top of my head. And I went over to the homie. I was like, did that man just punch me in the fucking head? Did he punch me in the top of the head? He said, no, he dropped his dick on your head. I said, I got to go back over there and give him a couple more ones. <laughs> There's a lot of weight on it. Wait, wait, wait. There's <laughs> a lot of weight on it. Oh, his blood was in there, boy. I tell you that. You know how he was standing up. Um, I don't think a lot of people know you. You had some pimping days too. Huh? Did they remind uh, you of your pimping days? Oh yeah, yeah. I used to be a pimp back in the day. You uh, was pimping some girls and some guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had started out pimping. Okay, so what had happened was uh, <laughs> all my stories start out with what my next book is called What Had Happened Was. So um, I was dating this guy, and he was cheating on me with this girl, and I ended up taking this girl from him. I didn't, like, fuck her or nothing, but I got in her head because she kept calling my house phone. This is back in the 1900s before we had cell phones. <laughs> she kept calling my phone, so I kept I started talking to her, and then she started telling me all the stuff that he was doing, had her doing, like, pornos and all the stuff, and he was taking all the money. I was like, look, I can have you doing the same thing. I'll help you get more money, and I'll just take 10%. And she was like, for real? I was like, yeah. So I had got her, like, fucked in the ass by a lot of dudes. And that made me feel good about myself because, bitch, you took my man, but now I, I own your soul. And then... <laughs> but you were commissioning the money was, she was getting from being fucked in the ass. How did you feel about that? I felt I felt good about I felt good about it. She she felt like she earned so much. She had she started like really taking you know doing nice things for herself, and I started doing nice things for myself. You know her pussy made us win, and <laughs> and then I was doing bar mitzvahs at the time. Wait 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 hold on, <laughs> yo 
I'm hanging out with a stone cold killer. She killed somebody. Okay, wait. No, okay, we're we talking about the pimp, but we're talking about the murder. But it was we're at we a bar about? mitzvah. Didn't you kill somebody? Okay, okay so, we'll go there next. Okay, so we'll, we'll just make it all flow, okay? Make one cohesive story. So I was doing the mitzvahs, and when I do the mitzvahs, like uh, a lot of times it's, uh, uh, you know, the kids have grand entrances, and I would choreograph the grand entrances for the kids and stuff. And so I would go to their house and teach them a dance routine to do for their grand entrance. And one, this one kid, particular kid, their mom was like, she, I guess she didn't have no friends or whatever. She was kind of lonely. And she would always be like, you want some wine and be trying to talk to me and then she would always ask me like what's it like being with a black man she always asked me these questions I'm like dang what do you want me to hook you up with one like and so then I did but I charged her and <laughs> she started spreading by word of mouth you know it ended up becoming like a little business for me and I had about six hoes and it was good but the thing you can't pimp men men are the worst to pimp because then they start talking to the bitch on their own right and then they's like you can't I want to do back can a man like get your situation like grown ass and this big ass man like so I lost out on that, but. Pimping ain't but easy. Pimping ain't easy. Sometimes I just had to give up on that. I just let that go. But then uh, I did a mitzvah. I did one particular bar mitzvah. This was when we was up at, the, uh, we was out in like Chasworth area. It was like a, a hall. Anyways, I was doing a party and I was dancing this old man. And uh, he was like the grandpa, and he was like looking at me, kind of smiling. So I got him, I grabbed him by the tie, got him to dance with me, and we dancing. And I turn around on him, I give him a little bit of booty action like this right here, and he's like, ah. and I turn back around, and he's like laying on the ground, smiling, holding his chest. And I was like, oh shit. And then everybody came over in ambulance, and he died at the hospital. <laughs> and I felt bad. I felt like my booty was deadly. Like I. I can't dance no more. I stopped dancing for like two months. I didn't want to dance no more. I didn't want to go to no more mitzvahs for months. And then the, the the mom, she sent me a tip. She tipped me and sent me a thank you letter. That was her dad that Wait, died. For, for her, after her dad died? <laughs> yeah, she sent me a thank you letter and a tip. And I was like, <laughs> bet. <laughs> I just knew I was going to jail because I was like the only black person at the party who danced with me. He died. Because of this ass, I just knew that that would be it. Like, the police going to question me, and it's over. But I got away with murder. Uh, hey. <laughs> I mean, I didn't murder him. I, that was not a murder. But it was, you know, That's he was happy. They said he was happy. The letter that she wrote was really nice. Shit, anytime somebody black get off, I'm happy. Right. But I was never on. I was never on. But Well, yeah. shout out to him. All right. So, yeah. listen. Um, the, government is <laughs> the government shut down. Mm -hmm. which means the TSA is affected. You used to work at an airport. Yeah, I used to work at um, Alaska Airlines, American, Air New Zealand. I worked at a few airlines. And I was, I was surprised to um, find out that you found love there. Um, I mean, when we think of Roscoe's, we think of uh, chicken and waffles. But she fell in love with a handicapped guy. Um, a baggage handler. He was my baggage handler. Um, so I worked at the ticket counter checking people in. And you know how there's always like that baggage handler that's behind the ticket agent that grabs the bags and throws them back. But I had Roscoe. And Roscoe had like one strong regular arm and then like one little dead <laughs> um, little baby arm, like chicken wing arm. And, so and it's I like a breast on one side and a wing on the other. <laughs> But Roscoe was a really sweet, really nice man. He was very sweet, very nice. He was younger than me. And but you said he had good dick, too. Man, that dick was fire. <laughs> Never underestimate the handicap, okay? They can fuck the shit out of you. Let me tell you. That man, ain't nobody, still ain't nobody's top Roscoe to this day. Like, 
What, what was the experience like? For so real. if he's laying on top of you and the arm is dangling in your face, yep. do, do you want to tie it down or do you just? Well, you close your eyes. You close your eyes and just <laughs> let let that shit happen. You just... <laughs> Don't. Every time I would open my eyes, it would scare me just a little bit because he like. And I'd be like, Roscoe, turn this ass over. Turn this over. Oh, you want me to turn that ass over? I'm going to turn that ass over. And I thought, look, this is the thing that had me fucked up. I thought I was doing something amazing. I thought I was taking his virginity. I thought I was giving him something amazing. But turns out he been fucking other handicapped bitches or nurses or what. I don't know what. The, he been fucking, though. That motherfucker had all the tricks. He had took that strong arm, scooped it under my body, flipped that whole ass off. <laughs> He had that fire. Wait, wait I, I thought you healed Roscoe at one point. I what? I thought you healed him. I healed him? I did. I did. I thought I did too, but apparently no. But uh, <laughs> like after it was all done, like he came, he busted, and he was like, you know, because normally he talked like he talked like that. And he, when he was coming, he was like, oh. <laughs> he was like, damn, girl, you got some good ass pussy. I was like, oh, I healed this one. It's a good one. I was like, wow. I'm a healer. And I was like, Roscoe, you want some water? You want something to drink? He was like, yeah, baby girl, that'd be nice. I was like, huh? I made him a pimp. And then got the water. I came back. I was like, here you go. He was like, thank you so much. I was like, oh, my powers are temporary. I gotta fuck him again. Wait. And I did. <laughs> so I've met some amazing people with you. Just in the little time we've been hanging, I've met uh, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, that's my bro. Um, yeah. we just, I just met Chris Tucker the other day. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And I'm a huge fan of Beyonce, but I'm gonna just say this. I know you are tired of people asking about Beyonce. I'm not gonna disrespect you. This is a black icon up here. Would never ask her no disrespectful ass shit. But <laughs> I'm just gonna say this. If you get invited to go and hang out with Beyonce again, I would love to be your plus one. So if you could bring a plus one, would you take me or Sanaa Lathan? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jason. <laughs> but you know I'm going to take you. We party together all the time. All right, cool. I don't party with her. All right, so what type of man does it take to highlight you? Know, because every time we go everywhere, like two days ago, we're at Valet. Every nigga with a go-to. Every nigga with a... <laughs> I know. Every, like, broke, broke motherfucker. Everybody waiting for the EBT Transit to come and pick them up <laughs> from Valet was trying to holler. So there's probably... Is there single men in the room? Anybody single in the room? Well, yeah, actually, yeah, ladies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lady, ladies, ladies, every man with you is technically single. <laughs> just letting you know. Uh, what, is it, what type of man does it take to get Tiffany Haddish? Uh, confident. Uh, uh, not broke, and when I say not broke, that I don't necessarily mean financial, but like, you know, I don't, I don't want nobody with no broken spirit or no broken soul or like broken dreams or like <laughs> broke car or broke house. Uh, I mean, somebody got their shit together. Like, you know, you don't have to be uh, as good as me, but 
I would prefer you be better than me so I can like, like I would like someone I can learn from. I feel like that's like the most uh, awesome and most interesting thing is someone who has like knowledge and willing to share it. Not somebody like like super egotistical or like I know everything type dude, but somebody that's willing to share what they know. A smart, like yeah, smart, but not, you know, but not like I'm the smartest motherfucker in the room type guy. That, that motherfucker could eat a bag of dicks, but somebody who's, Somebody who's willing to give and take, a nice synergy, a good, a good person. Hey. So I was surprised. Give I it was, up, give it up for that. That's something, some real shit. Yeah. And then no kids. I want to be baby mama number one. Even though I'll never be a baby mama, I'm going to be the wife. See? And the mother of our foster kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could bust this thing open. I'm afraid. I've seen it in real life. I don't know if I could. I'm scared. But you could always have a C-section. Ooh, mm-mm. I've seen that too in real life. They pull your intestines out and shit and throw that on your chest. You think it's the baby, but that's your guts, bitch. Those is your guts. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to go out like I came in. I mean, they might put your shit back backwards. <laughs> like, then you can't shit for days. You're like, why I can't shit? Because they put your intestines back in backwards. They put it. They put it in wrong. That's well, since we're talking about love, right? Reading your book, I see you've been in some stressful relationships. What are some red flags you refuse to ignore, period? Or uh, that women should look for in a fuck boy. Okay, so, uh, but things I, I refuse to ignore now, I used to ignore back in the day. I refuse, anybody who grabs me aggressively, like, grab, like grabs my arm and like, come here, like, or, let me, or they be like, you stupid, like push me and shit, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I don't play with that. I don't like the didn't want to wrestle and stuff, that means that they'll choke the shit out of you one day. <laughs> don't, mm-mm, I'm not a boy. Don't be trying to toss me around or, nope, don't, I don't play those games. We could play patty cake, we could play hopscotch, we could even play basketball. But if you elbow me while we playing basketball, I ain't your friend no more. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm fucking serious. Uh, other, other red flags, when we go somewhere and um, the bill come and I go into my purse and he don't say stop. You never see me again. You'll never, you'll never see me again. Keep going. Keep going. You'll never see me again. If I say, oh, I got a surprise for you. You need to meet me at this time. And you show up more than five minutes late. Like if you show up o- over five minutes late and you don't call and say, hey, I'm running behind, whatever. You, I will not answer the door. I will disappear. I will <laughs> vanish it. I vanish. Um, what else is a red flag? Oh, if they always trying, like if we finally hook up like intimately and they always trying to put something in my mouth but don't never put nothing in theirs. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. You out. That's how we do that. Me first, then you. Ladies first. <laughs> oh, they don't open doors for me. If we go, we walk in, into somewhere together and like if we both going into the same place and they and they if they walk ahead of me and they don't say, hey, let me check it out right quick, or if they just go in and like don't hold the door open for me, or just open the door, like if they just kind of rude, then I'm, I'm I'm like, yeah, fuck this motherfucker. I ain't, I'm not dealing with that no more either. Even when we go to the grocery store, I know the door open for both of us at the same time, but <laughs> motherfucker let me in first. Or you walk in, look both ways and say, come on. <laughs> 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 I 
so I had interviewed the actress that played, uh, I think she played Jada in um, the Tupac movie. What's her name? Annie, thank you, Annie Alonzo. Who said that? Okay, should somebody know her? Yeah. All right, That's so um, you in, the man. in the interview, she had talked about uh, one time, a moment when she was, she's very sexually fluid. She was in the bed with her man and her friend and her friend's man, and then at some point they had switched. Do you believe in sharing partners? Like, would you be open to another woman like carrying a part of the burden? First off, I don't need no bitches stealing my moves. So if we gonna share, bitch, you share one day, I share two days, four days later. Like, I don't, mm -mm. I need to know what's going on. I'm, I don't, I don't do menages. I don't do, I don't want nobody seeing my moves. Only the person I'm with can see my, that's, that's the magic. This is the shit that make a nigga go crazy. This, I can't, mm -mm. Now, if it's two dudes in me. <laughs> Wait, that's not a menage? That's a, that's a extravaganza. <laughs> like, if I was like hooking up with both of y'all, right? And then you tell me like, you know, you don't really like hoochie like that. I'd be like, yeah, good, you rub my feet while he fuck me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you massage my titties while he fuck me. Like, braid my hair while he fuck me. Like, I, <laughs> that to me is super dope. Like. <laughs> Wait, but you, well, I was with like, you. Like, help me bounce harder while I fucking, like, you help me bounce. Like, <laughs> but, like, both of y'all inside of me at the same time, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to have two dicks in my hand at once. That's not going to happen. It's oh. about me, so. Uh, uh, unless we had Swinger Richards. And well, if we had Swinger Richards, then that's different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my clothes on, they clothes off. That's different. Now, me and Jason was talking about it. We was wondering, like, how do you feel about having sex on your period? Listen, it happened. I heard it happens. Okay, first off, it never happens. I heard. Okay. Okay, so, okay, this, okay, okay. It depends, okay, because sometimes, okay, so. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like, oh, I'm on my period. I'm about to fuck today. Like, I'm not like that, but like, if, if, um. If I happen to like be having sex and it starts, then I'm like, I use it to my advantage. Now, so, okay, so now, okay, okay, this one time, <laughs> this one time I wanted somebody to be, be very confident. I felt like he, his self-esteem was fucked up. So um, what I had did, I had, uh, I knew that I was on my period. Um, he didn't know, and I, what I did was I took a bath so it could stop, and then, you know, you wait like 45 minutes and it come back down, right? So I took a bath, and then, <clears throat> And then I had, you know, hooked up with him. I thought, and then when he came, I was like, oh my God, you killed the pussy. Look at you. Look what you did to me. It's a hole in it. And you punctured my uterus. All this dick, I told you you had a big ass dick. You fucked my shit up. And he felt good about himself. And he was in the shower whistling and shit, washing his dick. Like, girl, you bled all over my shit. This is he whistling. I was like, oh, I can't walk. Please help me. <laughs> I think it's certain times, like certain times you, like for him to feel good about himself, like for him. But it's not something that I'm like, ooh, I'm bleeding. Let's go. Like, no. Because that shit smell like battery acid. I don't, 
I'm dying. Like, all my battery juice is draining. If you don't turn your motherfucking phone off, bitch, I swear to God. You know, that phone, them phones, I'm sorry for calling you a bitch, but bitch, turn that phone off. The phones is my enemy right now. Speaking of phones, okay, so we were in Miami for New Year's. We had, Man. We had, a, bl- we had we, a blast. Well, yeah, too much fun. So That was just bad. <laughs> That's just bad. So I just want to apologize because I feel responsible. No, it's not. It's my fault. This I, sh- I should have told you as I have to go to bed. I should have so, just went to bed. So listen, I watched Girls Trip. I've known Queen Latifah for 20, about 26 years. But I saw uh, Tiffany in Girls Trip, and I don't think I've ever laughed that much. Ha- who watched Girls Trip? <laughs> when was the, Thank you, guys. When Thank was you. the last time we actually sat in the theater and had a, f- and no shade, a female comedian have us literally on the fucking floor before the pineapple, before she got to the pineapple. I was like, this bitch is crazy. I never did nothing with a pineapple. I'm allergic to pineapples. That's how you die. It's grapefruit. Was it a baby. grapefruit? It was grapefruit Listen, and bananas. Well, I don't grapefruit suck dick with fruit, so I don't know nothing about well, that. Well, you don't know how to suck a dick. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. But listen. <laughs> Damage is uh, damage new to the show. He like nigga, when you do you, just do you all by yourself. <laughs> so the grapefruit. Sorry. In part two, we gonna do fruit by the foot. <laughs> Speaking of fruit by the foot, how much of that was improv with Kofi, or was it really? Uh, he, his dick was out. I, I thought. Oh no, nah, that was all acting, bro. That was all in the script. No, oh. that, that, you know, that Sorry, the stuff, Kofi. the stuff that I said. Now I wish I could have seen what that th- then you know man, no, I didn't get to see that. So so we so we're in I tried to, but I didn't want to get me to, so So we're in Miami, Tiffany lands in a jet, uh like a movie star. I hit her up, come to the club, come to the club. I beg you to come to the club. You and that gremlin. <laughs> we're not gonna say his name over here. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. And so you come to the club, we have a great night, and then we leave at 7.30 in the morning, and then... (laughs) I'm too old for that shit. (laughs) And I went to sleep, then I went to Boca Raton. (laughs) The next day. Yeah, and then I went back to sleep, and then I went to the show, and then I was... I thought in my mind I I was ready, but... And I I knew what I wanted to do, I knew what I wanted to say, and then... um, I walked on stage and I saw, it was like 4,000 seat theater and I saw like 3,000 cell phone lights go up and I thought to myself, all my intellectual property is about to be gone. Like I'm about to do my Netflix hour. And a tour. In a tour and everything's about to be gone. I'm gonna have to rewrite everything. And, and I've been working on this stuff for so long and it was like my soul was like, bye bitch, I'm out of here, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> good luck bitch. <laughs> Figure it out. And I just, I, I had to make a decision in that moment. Do I want to give up everything or do I want to just go ahead and just take this L and just be here with these people? And I, t- I took the L and just was there to, because I didn't want to give up everything. I mean, Netflix is about to pay me $2 million to do that shit. And these people, that show was not, not paying that at all. That was, 
I said, I'll go ahead and take the L. But I, and I have taken many L's in my career. I've been doing comedy since I was 15 years old. And I have, I have, and when I say L, that means loss. Like, go ahead and take this loss. And um, I have taken many of those in my career. And, like, at least every year, three of them. And um, so I was just like, oh, well, this will be the first, this will be the last one for 2018. <laughs> like, and I did not, I've never had a bad show that ended up on the internet like that. I was like, damn, a bitch, is, I'm famous. I'm, I made it. You had a bad day, and that shit is on my front page and my Google page for four days in a row. I was like, I'm, I made it. How did you feel when, like, all the people that were giving you the accolades at the same time turned around and tried to make it, like, the worst day in history? I, I felt really good about that, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, look at them over there trying to destroy me. They really like me. <laughs> they really, they think it's so hard about me. They, like, making videos about it, and they talking about everybody. Because it was nothing else to talk about. It was like nothing else happened. Nothing dramatic happened. Cycle. Nothing in the news. Nothing happened. So like, everybody talked about it. And I was just like, man, this is, to me, it was kind of like, at first, I, I felt bad about it or whatever, but then I started to feel really good because it was like, dang, y'all really talking about this? It's like getting, like I got hit in the head playing tetherball and my nose started bleeding on the playground and everybody was like talking about, remember when your nose bled? For like days, like, I said, man, I made it. I'm the most popular kid in school. This is cool. Like, but I text you the next day, I said, hey, how are you? And you said, great. I, I, I didn't know how to respond because I was waiting for you to call and cry, but you were like, I'm good. I'm good, yeah. Like, they gave me my check and um, I ca it cashed. <laughs> um, and then I took all that money, I took, well not all of it, but a majority of the money, because I had to still pay people that were working for me. And I took a majority of the money and I bought a bunch of suitcases for foster kids and for kids that are in probation. Like there's this probation camp up in Valencia and I bought a bunch of suitcases and I took them up there. I went and talked to the girls. And then I, I took them up there. So when they come out of, when they're emancipated from their that camp and they go to placement or whatever, instead of going with a plastic bag and the, the, the few things that they showed up there with in a plastic bag, they can leave there with a suitcase and feel like a traveler, feel like they're on an adventure and not feel like an inmate or, or a piece of trash or garbage. They can feel like a person. So I took the money and did something well, good with it, but what I'm, what I'm about to do, what I'm gonna do is, um, and I'm looking for the perfect venue in Miami, um, I'm gonna do another show there, right? And this time, I'm gonna allow uh, anyone who has a ticket from the New Year's Eve show to come, they just bring that ticket, um, if they still got it, if they don't have it, and charge everybody $20, and whatever money that comes off of that, I'm gonna use to do stuff for the kids in Miami, so. That's amazing, give it up. Yeah. Sorry. From my losses, from my mistakes, others will flourish, and, and we all learned a valuable, I learned a valuable lesson. Don't party with you when I gotta go to work the next day. But, but what I love, if you read this book, um, again, the book, The Last Black Unicorn, you're, you're so raw in telling all of your past from um, your stepdad trying to kill your mama, mm -hmm. and then coming to you to help you kill your ex-husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, from that and more stories, and we'll get into a little foster, foster care in a little bit, because I'm a foster kid, uh, I was a foster kid, Damage was adopted, and so. Man, you was lucky, huh, Damage? But you still call yourself Damage. <laughs> 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 you letting these bitches know off the top you ain't shit. Look, I'm damaged. I'm DJ Damage. I, I can make you dance, but I'm hurting. <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't last that long in my place, but they dropped my ass right the fuck back off. They were like, take okay. this little motherfucker okay. back. Okay, I kept getting moved around myself. I was like, dang, what's wrong with me? Uh, yeah, but how you, was your foster care experience, though? Because like, they put me with a pastor that wanted to pray every day. 
I wanted to tell him like, nigga, I'm gay, but I, <laughs> I felt like it was inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, some were really great and some were really bad. And, and, and at the end of the day, it all was really good because I learned that no matter what walk of life you are, no matter what your race is or who you are, how much money you get, whatever, like everybody's a little bit fucked up and it's just like figuring out what kind of fucked up you can deal with and like, I'm glad that I had those experiences. Like, it, I can fit into any circle. I can go anywhere in the world and I can fit in because I've lived in so many different people's houses. I'm so to the point where I was sleep in a stranger's house. Did it last night. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is comfortable. <laughs> like, Tiffany Haddish is in the bed. <laughs> yes, I am. So, so uh, <laughs> Floyd Mayweather faked on us tonight because he went to the game. Uh, but he said, we, we got to hang out later tonight. How did Floyd try to remember you when you was at his house? Yeah, Floyd going to say, uh, I was like, we met at the Laugh Factory. He was like, I ain't never been to the Laugh Factory. I'm like, yes, you have been to the Laugh Factory. I never been there. I ain't never met you before. I seen you on TV, but I never met you. I'm like, you did meet me. You were saying all these things. And he's, he's like, he didn't. He's like, stand up. Stand up, Lou, look at you. Turn around. I was like, ah, nah, you're not finna see this from the back. That's what you're not going to do. <laughs> Now, this ass changed over there. When I had met him, I was like 110, 20 pounds. A bitch was homeless. Y'all laughing I, at her I, being I, homeless? Y'all some, some I was cold. hungry. I was hungry and I was homeless. I've been eating good for the last few years. Bitch, is thick now. You're not going to recognize this ass. It's, so, You're not going to recognize it. I'll tell you that, man. It's some people in here that's known me that long and be like, yeah, from the back, I didn't know it was you. Nothing up to, to the mo Right, Odessa? Yeah, that's my friend Odessa Ray right there. She, she know me a long time. When I was skinny, when she was telling me I should model, and I was like, uh-uh, looky now. <laughs> I told you I was going to make it, bitch. We did it. So I have a question. So this is my friend Rob right here. He let me sleep on this couch when I didn't have no job. Mm -hmm. But this is because, you know, when you moved to L.A., I mean, I had a career, but when you abandon your career to follow your dreams, sometimes you struggle. Right. That wasn't necessarily my story. I just liked to drink and party and didn't want no rent. <laughs> but, but for him, <laughs> he's a great friend. We made money, but we just drank it all. Um, he's an aspiring actor. And once you were an aspiring actor, what advice do you have for him or people like him who are really fighting for their dream in Hollywood? Well, I would say to um, do the work, like literally do the work, take the classes. Like even after Girls Trip, I was still taking acting classes. I think last year, like I got so busy last year, I didn't take any, but even like all up to 20, uh, the end of 2017, I was taking acting classes. So always like, always sharpen your tool, always associate with people that are doing the things that you wanna do. Also every day, at least do one thing, at least one, but if you can do five things every day towards your goal, every single day, you will achieve it, like whatever it is, like, and, and make real, like, I have like a, a little, like a board of goals or whatever, and like one board is like the big term goals, like the long, like in 20 years and 10 years and five years and 15 years, then I have another board that I look at every single day that I keep in the bathroom that, um, that I have to travel with in my suitcase because I'm always going places, but they're like short term goals that like I can accomplish in a week or in a month or in six months, like short-term goals. And I do something towards each one of those goals every day. And as I achieve them, I remove them and replace it with a new one. So, yeah. And so, so when I, um, 
started hanging around Tiffany. She invited me here. I sat right there. Uh, that's my trainer, by the way. I'm trying to find my abs, so yeah. I won't have a pussy bumper. She said she likes <laughs> it. It's a coochie bumper. Oh, coochie. It keep you from sliding off the D. It's like a roller coaster ride. Like lock you in, poop, poop, poop. Lock you in. But I sat there and you did something special with the seasoning salt. So do, do you have seasoning salt? You have yeah, some? I have some seasoning salt here today. Laurie seasoned salt. This right here, like to me, is like a dream come true because I love I love to cook and I use Laurie's for a lot of my recipes, a lot of things that I cook. And like when I'm in production on certain things, like every Sunday or like if we have like if, usually every Sunday, I'll do like a, a cook like a potluck, and everyone that's working on the production is welcome to come wherever I'm staying, and I I'll cook the main dish and everybody else brings something else, and then we all get to know each other and like then that's how you get more work later on. Anyways, um. <laughs> that's what I've learned like a lot of my jobs have come from the crew like I got on girls trip because I worked on a movie called Keanu and a, like eight of the crew members that I would hang out with and go over to their house and I would cook stuff or whatever they were like yo this uh, I'm getting ready to do like set deck I'm getting ready to do blah 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 for this movie called girls trip and I read the script and all I could think about was you when I read it like this is your part like you need to go in for it they didn't even want to see me for that part, they were like, we only want names. And I told my agent, I said, you tell these motherfuckers that I've had a name since 1979 and it's <laughs> Tiffany motherfucking Haddish. And they need to let me come in. And, and they did, but I always dreamed like, I'm, my grandma used to work for Laurie's restaurant over here off of La Cienica. She worked there for 45 years. And um, her name is Miss Wright. You might have known if you've ever been there, and you probably seen her. She's like the most beautiful and funniest one. And, um, <laughs> and she used to always tell me about, like, you know, if you like something, that's what you talk about. When you start to make investments, you invest in the things that you love. If you like it and you love it, that's what you talk about. That's what you invest in. So, like, I love Larcy's <laughs> song. So, and I use it for everything. So, when. Um, I had cooked a meal, like uh, uh, Taylor Swift invited me to her house, and I was like, oh, we should potluck it. Like, uh, let me make you some joyful greens. Like, I love greens, so I made her the greens, and then I had to go on Ellen for something, I told Ellen's people about it, and then they was like, why don't you come on and cook some greens on the show? And I was like, bet, and they was like, maybe we'll introduce you to Oprah. I was like, ah, I'm gonna make the best motherfucker like, And. And then they told, when I got there, they told me she left, and I was so mad. I wanted to cry. I was like, well, then what the fuck am I here for? I'm leaving. I'm out of this bitch. But you held wanna... it together pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to leave. And they was like, well, no, uh, we still need you for the segment. We'll just talk about it, and we'll still have you make the greens, and then you can, like, do a message to Oprah. I was like, I don't do no damn message. If she, she didn't want to see me, then fuck that shit. Like, <laughs> that was the ghetto, like, foster kid that's hurt that came out. And... Just the producer side, and um, <laughs> but I was like, okay. And my people was like, you got to do it, Tiffany Ellen. This is gonna get you a lot of white followers. I was like, all right. <sighs> this gonna give me white followers. <laughs> the crossover is real. And I went out there, and I kind of had a little attitude, and then they brought Oprah out, and I damn near peed on myself. <laughs> Okay, I did, just a little bit of pee, just a little bit. I, like, I didn't know how to act. I was like trying to behave myself, trying not to like snot on it. Like, 
And then we cooked, and um, I talked about I talked about using my uncle's uh, seasoning, shaky dust. That I use that for a lot of stuff. And then I talked about Laurie's, and I said I use it for everything. And it's there's a black woman that works over there, and there's not a lot of them. And she worked there, and her mom. This is just, this is what she told me. She told me she said, it's not a lot of us. It's like two. And, and she said that she, her mom told her to watch Ellen, and that I was on there, and she saw and she saw me talk about Laurie's. And she got excited and she was like, I'm gonna just make her a bottle and send it. And she just made up a little something and sent it to me with like a different picture, like a stock picture that's on the internet. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Don't you do that shit unless you pay me though, bitch. Like, I didn't say bitch, I said pay me, bitch. And then, uh, <laughs> and then they really started negotiating, really started talking to my people. And they're like, Laurie's really wants to use you for their package. And I was like, shut up, no they don't, for real? They want that, cause I love that stuff. They was like, yeah, and I was like, man, well if they want to use me, I, I, you know, well they can use me, but they can't abuse me, they gotta pay me. I need to make sure I can take care of my grandma, like cause my grandma worked for Laurie's and they got I need enough money to make sure she good for the next like year and a half, two years. And then they was like, how much is that? And I was like, a lot, uh. Uh, and I did the math and I got, got them figures going, more than four, uh, <laughs> less than eight. And, uh, <laughs> and I did a photo shoot and, and then they uh, did this. And I'm like, so when I showed it to my grandma, my grandma started to cry. And she was like, how you do that? <laughs> And I said, I went on Ellen, Grandma, and I talked about how much we use, like I, how much I love this. And then, you know, we use it for everything. She said, I don't think it's, they ever put a person on anything for Laurie's. They never put a no, no human. I said, well, no, maybe one. She's like, never. And then I did the research, and McCormick and Schmidt and Laurie's never have used a person on any of their packaging. And. <laughs> And then I told my grandma, I said, Grandma, I'm going to be the first black woman to do a whole bunch of stuff. And she said, well, good, because you're the first black woman to take care of me besides my mama, and I love you for that. And then I cried really hard. <laughs> and I got in the bed with her, and she told me to get out the bed because she's not gay. <laughs> hey, hey, Grandma. <laughs> I don't go like that. Get out the bed. But so that night that we was here, it was like I have just got like a shipment of them and I took a chance. I was like, uh, anybody wanna buy this bottle of Larry's seasoning salt, we'll auction it off and then whatever money comes from it, I'll buy a bunch of suitcases and I bought a whole bunch, like ended up raising like $700 for one bottle. And I just gave her 500 cause I was so moved. Right. I mean, cause I was a foster kid and I remember I was a, I was a foster kid in a group home and I went to work at a group home. And I remember when, when my probation officer or whatever comes or you have to, you get terminated from your placement, they just throw your shit in a garbage bag and you out. And I had never thought of it in a way of feeling like trash. And it does, it subliminally programs you to think you're trash. And then where do you end up? Basically in jail, you end up locked up and thrown away like trash so it's when you start to give children like a sense of like Whitney Houston say a sense of pride <laughs> like and give them something to be proud of and let them know that they have ownership of something this belongs to you and no matter where you go you can take this with you then it's like you give them some confidence and it's all that somebody needs is just a little bit of confidence a little bit of something someone believing in you just a little bit to go <laughs> straight to the top
you know? And so you did something special, and I told her, bring another bottle today and let's do it again, because it, it touched me and hopefully it touches other people. Yeah, so we'll, we'll auction this off. Let's when go. We'll auction off, I'll autograph it. I sprinkled a little bit of success inside this one. <laughs> you figure out what that is <laughs> when you open it. <laughs> so you wanna do it? Yeah, okay, so let's start the bidding off. We're gonna start the bidding off uh, for the bottle of Laurie season salt that will be autographed by me, Tiffany Haddish, and it's Tiffany Haddish season, she ready. And you can, you can cook, put it on everything. We'll start the bidding off at $25. $25, $25 going once. $25, $25, anybody has $25, $25, $30, $30, $30. $100, $100, we got $100, we got $100, got $100. What you got, what you got? $150, $150, $150, what you got? $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $
Let you get a photo of you. Get out the picture. Get my ass out the way. Right, it's uncomfortable. Imagine, imagine two thousand cell phones on you. You'd be more lit than the lights. <laughs> so, so, I'm gonna sign this for you and bring it to you. Okay. So before we get out of here, um, when I called Tiffany about doing this interview, um, and I said, "Hey, I'm, I would love for you to, you know, do this interview with me. Um, you know, big fan, all that." And you said something to me that really, it, it, I mean, I'm not an emotional person, but I, I, I did hang up the phone feeling like. This is really the epitome of who you are as a person. Oh, well, yeah. So one of my board members was like, uh, why would you like launch or tell everybody about She Ready Foundation at a comedy show? Why would you do that? I said, well, and why would you? And she said, why would you do it with these Hollywood unlocked people? Who are they? And I said, uh, first off, man. Reason number one, the whole reason I started the foundation is because I wanna help other people, right? I wanna help people that are like me, that are going through or will go through or have gone through the same thing that I've gone through. And the Laugh Factory was my safe haven. So we're gonna do it at the Laugh Factory because that's the first place where I felt like I had a voice and I felt safe. So that's where we're gonna do it. Second off, I want to do it with Jason Lee because I like his show. He, is, he has aspirations. He's always been positive every time I've talked to him. He's always come through on everything he says he's going to come through. He a black man that's been through some of the things that I've been through. And, and, and I like Martin Luther King. <laughs> and we're going to do it on Martin Luther King Day. And I, like, I really love your show. I love uh, And I appreciate it. Give it up so, for Tiffany. That's why. So, so this weekend, this weekend when you were um, Tiffany Haddish from South Central News, yeah, and you were interviewing Adrian Broner and were about to ask him uh, if he almost peed on himself when he got punched. And yeah, and I asked him for a Fashion Nova outfit. You instead. asked him. You asked him for a Fashion Nova outfit. Well, the CEO and founder of Fashion Nova was in Vegas, and we had lunch. And I asked, I told him about your story and what you're doing. Was she ready? And so we want to give you a surprise. Bring it out. Is it Fashion Nova? Oh, what? Shit. So Fashion Nova's donating $10,000 to the She Ready Foundation. We'll take a photo. We got the real one. <laughs> we got the real one here too. Oh, okay, all right. But cool. when he asked, you know, how much should I give? Because oh this God, is there's no signing, no endorsement thing on the back. <laughs> the real check has an autograph here. I'm gonna take this up to City National. This is uh, for our account. <laughs> you know what? This won't fit through the window. Why it won't go through the window? Can I? But he asked. He said, you know. You don't understand how a foster kid feels until you've 
stood in those shoes until somebody shows up and tells you it's time for you to go. And, and all the people that wake you up in the morning, cook your food, take you to school, put you to sleep, take you outside for recreation, are now no longer in your life. They're Literally gone. change after change after change. And he you said, can't find them. He said, well, how much do I give? Because I don't, this sounds like a lot. So he, he's also committed to helping you with whatever backpack, luggages, anything you need to provide for kids oh, with your foundation. He's willing sad. to help. That's awesome. So thank you for, you know, being an amazing person. And, you know, to everybody here, it meant a Just lot. It's a lot of money. <laughs> There's a lot more. You know how many suitcases we can give with this money? But we can get them shoes and stuff, too. Not Jordans, but we can get them some bogos. <laughs> we can get them some bogos. Jordans on. Oh, you got Jordans on. Oh, but anyway, um, no, thank you to everybody that came tonight because this was more than just an interview. This was really about getting to the moment that happened earlier with the auction, getting to this moment, and really showing um, how much we appreciate you and how much we appreciate everything you do. Thank and you. to everybody watching and to everybody here, like we have to keep lifting up our unicorns because they are very far and few, and it's easy to rip people apart. And it's really hard to love these days, and I think it's important when you know, we give people their flowers when they're here. And if I have flowers, I would give them to you. But you know I love you to death. I know. I love you, too. So thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, who thank came you. tonight. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Nine I guess y'all could drink till about 9.30. No, uh, 9.15. 9.15? Yeah, they got another show. Oh, uh, well, I'm going to go over here and collect this. We got $13,500 worth of stuff. We can get these kids. That's great. Y'all can also, if you don't, you know, you can't do nothing now, but maybe you want to do something later, you can go to uh, SheReadyFoundation.org and you can make donations there. Also, you can write in there and, like, volunteer and help out if you want to. Um, that would be so nice because I can't take all the bags myself all the time, but I do write notes to every single kid and I try to talk to them. Um, and then I disappear, then they, a bag shows up. That's how I do it. You know, I don't want to hand it to them like Tiffany Haddish be giving me shit. Like I don't just want to <laughs> show up because I don't want them talking mess. But um, anyways, thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you, thank you guys for coming out. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>